listening to the John Barrett Leadership Podcast, where you'll hear great ideas, insight, and inspiration to level up your leadership ability. Hey guys, welcome out to the John Barrett Leadership Podcast. Again, I am John Barrett. So good to have you guys. Thanks for tuning in to another episode. This month, we're going to have some fun today. We are going to talk about eight leadership lessons from Santa. You know, it is December here and we celebrate Christmas and our family is fanatical about Christmas. I got to be honest with you. Uh, We go all out for this thing and uh, we're not like Griswold crazy, uh, but we we go all out. And, And I found out over the years how controversial it is when you decorate for Christmas. That's right. I mean, I I have found this out over the years because we're one of those controversial, very crazy people. We decorate in October for Christmas. I know it 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 is just it's crazy, it's controversial, it is it is it, it's scandalous. Uh, but we we do. We our family it's just kind of been a tradition with our kiddos. Uh, we love Christmas. In fact, we're so crazy about it that um, around Halloween time many years uh, when people come and trick or treat, we pass out candy cane sometimes because we've already got our tree up and everything. So yes, we're one of those crazy people. I never realized how uh, intense this is and how much it brought out uh, feelings of support and uh, feelings of intense anger for you uh, about this. So I never realized it until we started decorating. But we are one of those. We love Christmas. We have a great time with it. And, uh, you know, this year we decorated a little bit later. It was like the end of October. So I know, you know, most people, they don't even do it till like after Thanksgiving. But we just, we don't want to miss anything. We, we have so many traditions, so many movies that we love, all that stuff. We want to have plenty of time just to have fun with Christmas and that. So we go all out. Um, you know, and, and, and favorite Christmas movie. So I got to tell you this, uh, speaking of movies, my favorite Christmas movie. I mean, we have, we love Christmas movies. I mean, we watch home alone every year. You know, we do the polar express elf. I mean, you know, all these great movies, but my all time favorite Christmas movie ever, ever is white Christmas with Bing Crosby. Bam. I love it. Uh, one of my favorite musicals and one of my favorite Christmas movies. We watch it every year. In fact, we have a tradition on December 1st. We call it Christmas kickoff with our kiddos and we do a big dinner and we open just a few presents, not very many, but just kind of some fun things for the month. And, uh, we watch white Christmas and, uh, we just, that's like our kickoff every year. So it's a big deal. And, uh, we do it December 1st, no matter when it lands uh, on that day. We call it Christmas kickoff, and it's a great tradition we've been doing for years. So anyway, just some fun. But, you know, Christmas is is a great time of year. It's a lot of fun, uh, a lot of festivities, a lot of cool things. But, you know, you got the legend of Santa, and and I'm not here to debate whether or not he is real or not. I'll let you decide. Uh, But, you know, I, I thought, let's have some fun because, you know, in all these movies about Santa and all these great legends and all these different things, there are some leadership lessons that we can actually learn from Santa. And I want to kind of unpack these uh, for us. It's going to be kind of fun today. So uh, with that being said, let's jump into today's content of eight leadership lessons that we can learn from Santa, okay? Jolly leadership lessons that we can learn from the big guy at his big operation in the North Pole, the headquarters, all that. There are some great lessons, so let's jump into it, and uh, we're going to have some fun. Number one is this, that you've got to get a face. That's right. 
Every movement needs a face. And when you think about, uh, you know, the, the, the Christmas season and different things like that, uh, I mean, you got Santa everywhere. When you think about the North Pole and these movies and all that, I mean, Santa's face is plastered on everything. And, and you know, I, I think that there's a leadership lesson here, that every great movement, you've, there's got to be a face to the movement. It's got to be connected with somebody Right. I mean, when we think back throughout history, I mean, we can look at, at people like Martin Luther King Jr. and Mother Teresa and George Washington, William Booth, Winston Churchill. I mean, we could go down the list and, and all the great movements throughout history have always had a face, somebody that was sort of the leader. Now, that doesn't mean that they were the only one doing anything, but it just means that there needs to be a face, somebody that you connect the movement to. You know, my mentor, John Maxwell, talks about that people buy into the leader before they buy into the leader's vision, right? I mean, they buy into people first and then the vision. It's not the vision and then the people behind it. It's people that we buy into and then we buy into the vision. So we've got to have a face. Listen, teamwork is a vital component to success. I mean, you got to have it. Teamwork is is, is a huge deal. You got to have it. But I think in our culture today, especially in the younger generation, there's this idea of, well, we're just a team. We're all equal and and, and we're just operate as a team. There's no one person that kind of steps up and, and leads it. We just work together. And it sounds good. It looks good. It feels good. The problem is, is that every movement has to have a leader. Teamwork is great. And yes, we're all equals in the sense that we add value. We're all part of this thing, but there has to be a face to the movement. So I want to encourage you that if you're assigning a project or you're assigning task and that, make sure that you you kind of declare a leader. Make sure that there's clarity on who has authority, on who has the ability to make decisions, right? I mean, who has the strength to kind of lead the project or lead the team? So make sure in, in your organization that, that especially you as the leader, if you're working with a team, make sure that you really designate a face, somebody that does something. Okay, and make sure that there is a face to this movement. So Santa, there is a face to the North Pole operations. He is the man, even though there's a lot of great people working around him. He's the man. So get a face is a great leadership lesson for us. Always declare a person or somebody that's going to be able to step up and take the lead. Number two, here's another lesson we can learn. Find out what the needs are. As a leader, you've got to find out what the needs are. Listen, every year, millions of little children write Santa letters telling them what they want for Christmas. You may have done this when you were a kid. Uh, maybe you still do it. I don't know. But, um, you know, nothing wrong with that, I guess. But, you know, there, this is a tradition that goes on. In fact, listen, many states and countries actually respond to letters that are sent to local mail carriers. Check this story out. One year, New York responded to over 500,000 letters from children that were sent to the local mail service through a program called Letters to Santa. They actually responded. I mean, how cool is that? I mean, they had some fun with it, and and they were able just to kind of carry that tradition and that. But listen, you've got to find out what the needs are. Just like kids write Santa a letter, and he's looking for the needs. He knows what they are. In fact, that's the big thing in movies, right? Santa just knows what you need. Uh, you know, he calls you by name, and he knows what, what, what you wanted for Christmas. So the leadership lesson here is that just like Santa responds to the kids' needs, we have to respond to our team's needs. 
as a leader, we've got to know what the needs are. We've got to know what, what the needs are in our industry with our clients. We've got to know what the needs are internally with our teams and our departments and our organization. We've got to know what those things are. And a great leader spends a lot of time looking for the needs. They look for what's out there and they react and act accordingly to that. Listen, great leaders listen to their people. Great leaders aren't just spitting off answers and telling everybody what to do. They're incredible at listening to the needs and the advice and listening to the people that they they serve and the people that they lead. Listen, you've got to know, you've got to listen in order to know what you're dealing with, right? I mean, you you, you can't be listening if you're always talking, right? So so you, you've got to remember the, the idea that God gave us two ears and one mouth for a reason, right? To listen twice as much as we talk. Right, uh, Dr. Stephen Covey taught this. He, he said, seek first to understand and then be understood. So when you seek first to understand and find out what the needs are, get the perspective from the other person, then you'll be understood. But you've got to seek first to understand and then you'll be understood. This is a truth in leadership and we've got to use this thing daily. Listen, you can't lead if you don't listen. You cannot do it effectively if you don't listen. A leader that never listens is a leader that will never be listened to eventually. I guarantee you. A leader that never listens to their people, to their team, to their clients, to the industry is a leader that's never going to be listened to. So find out what the real needs are. Don't assume because, you know, you you have a leadership bias. We all do. We all have kind of a bias of, of what we think is right. And sometimes it's accurate. Sometimes it may be not. So we've got to understand that we need each other. We need perspective. We need to listen. We've got to find out what the needs are and then act accordingly to those things, all right? Number three is this, surround yourself with a great team. Listen, you are only as good as the people you surround yourself with. Sanda was smart to recruit the elves, right? I mean, he, they help him run the business. Imagine Santa without his massive team of elves that are working nonstop, making the toys, doing all the hard work, so to speak, in the workshop, and they help the whole movement be successful. Listen, Santa knows he can't do it all on his own. He surrounds himself with a great team. So I want to challenge you to surround yourself with a great team. Remember, one is too small of a number to achieve greatness. I mean, it takes teamwork to make the dream work. You have got to have support. You've got to have people that believe in what you believe, that are willing to work with blood, sweat, and tears to accomplish the mission and the vision of your organization, whatever it may be. So you've got to surround yourself with people that that believe, the people that are, are surrounded by it. Listen, the elves, they love what they do, right? I mean, in all these movies, I mean, they're just having a blast making toys, singing and whistling and all these kind of things, right? I mean, they're just having a, a good old time. Now, listen, you've got to create that environment with your team. Bring people on your team that love what they do. And listen, I'm going to challenge you a little bit. If there are people that are bringing the team down, right? That they're, they're just, you know, bringing them down kind of like an elf, right? You, buddy, you bring us down a whole octave, right? But if there are people that, that bring your team down in a negative sense, listen, you got to deal with that. You cannot allow for there to be sort of negativity in, 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 in this sort of toxic cancer within your organization internally. You've got to protect that. You've got to create a healthy culture, a healthy environment. So listen, don't tolerate, all right, negativity, 
Don't tolerate people that are being negative to the mission and the vision and the morale of the organization. As a leader, it's hard sometimes, you know, but you've got to step up and you've got to deal with that. You've got to sit them down and say, hey, listen, help me understand. Listen, remember, seek first to understand, then be understood. Help me understand what's going on here. I'm sensing some negativity. I'm sensing some, you know, whatever the case may be, some issues that you're having with other people. Let's talk about this because we don't want that kind of environment here. I know that you want to be your best and you want others to be at their best. So we've got to figure out how to work through this and how to make it better. So you have that conversation. Don't tolerate it. Don't put up with it because you've got to surround yourself with a great team if you're going to be successful. Listen, your ability is dependent on your team's capability. So your ability as a leader is dependent on your team's capability. Listen, when you take them to the next level, they'll take you to the next level. So when you invest in them and you make sure you got the right team, they're going to increase your leadership and they're going to increase the organization to move up. Listen, it's like a rising tide lifts all boats, right? When you get the right team, it just lifts the whole organization. All right, number four, get the right reindeer. Right? I mean, think about this, right? Santa can fly his sleigh only because of his fantastic reindeer team that he assembled. And, and, and I think every great leader needs some reindeer to accomplish the mission. Here's what I mean by that. The reindeer are the ones, kind of like the inner circle of Santa, right? I mean, they're the ones that he spends like the most time with. They really help take this mission out to the world. Right, I mean, the elves are working hard. They're doing their thing. They're a great team. They're incredible support. They're needed. They are running the organization. But the reindeer are kind of like the, the left and right-hand people. I mean, they're the ones that help really carry this mission to a, to a whole nother level. And I want to encourage you, make sure that you assemble the right reindeer around you. You've got to make sure that you've got a great inner circle that you've developed close people close to you that that you're pouring into and that you're spending the most time with, the ones that can really take you to the next level in the organization, the key leaders, right? Out of every team, there's always a handful of people that are the key leaders and the key influencers. And if you'll connect with them, they'll help spread the, the mission of the organization. They'll take it to the next level. But you've got to invest in the right reindeer. You've got to spend the most time with those reindeer. You can't spend time with everyone in the organization, or I should say you can't spend equal amount of time, obviously, with everybody on your team. Even if it's a small team, I'm telling you, you can't spend equal amounts of time with everybody. You have to identify who is the key influencer, the key leader that I may need to lean in just a little bit closer to because they're going to help carry the vision and the mission of the organization to the next level. So you've got to make sure that you look for those people, right? I, I love the famous line in the movie Gladiator with Russell Crowe. What a great movie. But um, you remember what, what his mentor tells him in the movie. He says, if you win the crowd, you'll win your freedom, right? That, that was my you know very dramatic voice there. Win the crowd and you'll win your freedom, right? It was a great line. And, and I love that. And, and I think the same goes for leadership, but it goes a little bit more like this. Win your key leaders and you'll win the organization right? I mean, win your key leaders and you'll win the organization. You'll win the mission of the organization when you win your key leaders. So you've got to make sure who are they? Make sure that you're spending time with them, that you've identified them and that you're giving them your best so that they can help carry things forward. All right. Number five is this, have a great workshop. 
right? Santa and the elves can accomplish their mission because they've got a great workshop to produce the toys. And in the same way, you've got to have a great workshop to create. So your environment, your office, your workspace, whatever it is, it needs to be something that, 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 that is, is producing great uh, a work, right? Think about uh, your environment, right? I mean, every, everything in nature needs a good ecosystem to grow. And if the ecosystem is bad and if it's not right, the right things don't grow. And in the same way, our productivity, we need a greenhouse in order to flourish. We need to make sure environment is a big deal. Listen, your environment, I mean, the aesthetics, the color, the sound, the feel, uh, all those kind of things play a part of our productivity. In fact, they affect it tremendously. And just like the North Pole has a great workshop with all the tools, everything they need in order to get things accomplished, you got to make sure that your team, your organization has the right environment. Do they have the right tools? Do they have the right software? Do they have the right programs? Do they have uh, all the right things that they need? Do they have the environment and, and all these things that add to the ability to be productive and the ability to get things done? Listen, you've got to make sure that you're intentional about this. Even if you're working from home, you got to make sure that where you work from at home, that you've got a place that you can really connect with, that you can kind of engage with and let loose in. So if it's a home office, make sure that that thing reflects you and you love that space. Listen, I, I'm, I'm telling you, I know it's, it, it sounds kind of crazy, but your environment, you know, where you produce can affect what you produce. I mean, where you do what you do can affect what you do. So you got to understand that just like a greenhouse, you know, just like plants need a proper greenhouse to produce life, uh, you operate in the same capacity. Imagine putting a, a plant that needs to grow and get sunlight. You put that thing in a, in a dingy basement that has no light, has doesn't have the right environment, it's not going to grow. Right, So you've got to find out what is your greenhouse. What is your team's greenhouse? What is your organization's greenhouse? Where do you guys flourish the most and, and are effective the most? So make sure that you've got a great workshop that you can work in so that you can produce at the highest level possible. Okay, Number six, make a list and check it twice. Right? He's making a list, checking it twice, right? So you've got to make a list and check it twice. Great leaders prioritize what needs to be done. They double check the list to make sure that they get it done and that they're working on the right thing at the right time, right? With every organization, there's endless tasks, projects, and just stuff that needs to be done. But great leaders have to be able to help prioritize what is the most important right? You've got to do that not only for yourself, but you've got to do it for your team. A team needs a leader, just like we said. It needs a face, right? Lesson number one. A, a leader, a team needs a leader that will help prioritize everything. Listen, if you make everything a priority, that means that nothing is a priority. So the more priorities that you put in place, you can guarantee you the less they're going to get prioritized because you can't do it all. You've got to focus in on what matters most. I would say, from my observation, most organizations, not all, most are trying to do too much. And I know that's a big statement. And listen, I'm all for stretch goals and pushing yourself and operating at your highest capacity and, and, and you know doing everything you can to just maximize your output. I'm all for that. But I'm telling you, most organizations are trying to do too much and it's killing them. 
they're burned out, they're tired, they're stressed, their team doesn't know what's inside, outside, up, down, whatever. I mean, they're everywhere. And, 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 and I see this. I mean, it's literally crushing so many organizations. And in fact, in the name of trying to do more, they're getting less done because they're trying to do too much. Listen, less is more. The less you focus on, the more you can get done fast. So, you know, this whole notion of just try to do everything all at once is just crazy. You've got to begin to bring uh, prioritization to what's going on. Listen, being busy does not equate to being productive. And a smart leader knows the difference here. Just because you're busy doesn't mean you're productive. I see a lot of busy people and a lot of busy organizations, but they're not being productive because they're not prioritizing. So you've got to make sure that you make a list and you check it twice. That means you've got to get organized. That means you've got to get get prioritized. You've got to figure out what matters most and always reevaluate your progress so that you can know exactly where you stand in the moment so that you can plan for the future. So constantly be looking to plan, prioritize, be looking to figure out what you need to do. Get organized in what you're doing. You're only as good as your system. So make sure that you, you know, kind of measure twice and cut once, right? I mean, you know, make sure that you get this thing down, okay? Number seven is this, time everything, right? So think about Santa. Santa has a specific deadline to deliver the goods. I mean, it has to be executed by December 25th, right? Like the stroke of midnight, right? I I mean, right there so that on December 25th, right when 1201 begins, I mean, those toys are delivered for Christmas Day. And in the same way, we've got to understand the law of timing. Listen, the right timing can mean the difference for the right results, right? It can mean the difference to getting the right results. So you've got to understand timing is everything. You've got to be fanatical about deadlines. You've got to be fanatical uh, about the clock and watching it and making sure that you are prioritizing, as we talked about earlier, that you're managing the clock, but you're also managing your energy, that you're understanding how all these things work together. Listen, too many leaders are either too quick to pull the trigger or sometimes just too slow. Right. And so it's vital that we, we've got to figure out the timing of all these things. We've got to be fanatical about it. Just because something could be done doesn't mean that it should be done. All right. So we've got to think about time. We've got to think about deadlines and understand, listen, if, if, if we've got all these deadlines coming up, it goes back to our lesson before. Are we prioritizing? Do we have the right timing? Do we have the right deadlines? How's our team doing? How are we doing against the clock? How are we, are we overworking and now it's slowing us down? Or do we have some margin? So listen, you got to understand that timing is everything. So time, everything. Challenge yourself to watch the clock, to know what it is that you're doing and, and, and the results that you're getting, right? So you've got to know the right timing of everything. Timing is vital. And as a leader, you've got to be very intuitive with that. You've got to look at the data. You've got to lean into that and make sure that timing is lining up with everything, okay? So time everything. Make sure there's deadlines and make sure you're not overkilling all the deadlines and you have too many things that have deadlines that are too close, but you've got a good spread of everything so that your timing is just right, okay? Number eight is always be preparing. You know, one of the lines I love to hear in all the Christmas movies uh, about Santa, doesn't matter whatever one it is, man. I mean, it doesn't even matter. At the end of it, 
Here's what they always say, right? It's it's like a tradition, right? When Christmas is over and and all the yell, all the elves and everybody are celebrating and everybody's like, "Yay, we did it! We delivered all the toys!" And then what do they always say? Something along the lines of, "Let the preparations begin for next year!" Yeah, and everybody starts, you know, going crazy, getting excited that right on December 25th they start preparing for the next year. And and I think that that we've got to kind of learn some lessons here. That, that, you know, yes, we need to celebrate our wins and take time to say, hey, let's, you know, be excited about what we accomplished. Let's make sure we do that. I don't think organizations do that enough. They don't celebrate enough. They talk about all the things that went wrong a lot. Uh, they're usually going back through and having all kinds of, you know, kind of post meetings to talk about, okay, well, what happened? What do we need to fix? What do we need to change? But sometimes we just got to celebrate. I mean, when's the last time you just accomplished something great with your team, your organization, and you literally just took a meeting just to celebrate? Hey, we're just going to have fun. We're going to reminisce about the good things. We're going to bring in some food. Um, you know, we're going to have some fun and maybe even, you know, play a game or something and just laugh a little bit and just celebrate. My gosh, I mean, how dare we? How scandalous that we might celebrate in our organization when we've actually accomplished something great. So I just want to encourage you, make sure that you're celebrating. But here's the deal. We've always got to be preparing, okay? So don't don't get sued down in the dumps about your failures. You got to move on from it, and you got to start preparing and celebrate certainly, but don't just celebrate forever and just kind of you know get comfortable just kind of sitting there and, and just being excited and celebrating about your success, but not preparing for the next step, right? So you've got to always be preparing. Listen, the moment we get comfortable is the moment we stop growing. So we've got to take time to celebrate. But as my mentor, John C. Maxwell, taught me so many times, yesterday ended last night. This means we have to be careful to not get stuck in past failures and get stuck in past successes even. But we need to keep our eyes looking forward. Always be preparing for what's coming next. Always be looking down the road. Always try to be one step ahead on what's happening, on what's coming up, so that you're ahead of the game. As a leader, we've always we, we've always got to be kind of one step ahead of the game, okay? That doesn't mean you got to be three steps, ten steps all the time, but we, we, we've got to challenge ourselves to be kind of one step ahead of the game a little bit. So that's why we've got to be at the helm of the ship, looking forward, making sure that we're looking down the field, so to speak, to see what's coming, and we're not so busy just internally in the organization, so in the weeds and just doing all the work, doing all the work, that that, that we're not able to get on the helm of that ship and look down and see what's coming. So make sure that as a leader you're preparing and that you're preparing your team that you're always making those strategic moves to make sure that you're ready for when opportunity comes tomorrow, right? I love what Coach John Wooden said. He said, when opportunity comes, it's too late to prepare. So listen, you've got to be always preparing because if you're prepared, you'll be ready. When opportunity comes, you'll be ready. But when it comes, it's too late to prepare. When opportunity comes, sometimes it just reveals if you're already prepared or not. So you've got to always be preparing. And as a leader, you've got to always anticipate what is next and start preparing for it before it even happens, right? So think long-term in your plans. Think down the line, right? Don't just have kind of short-sighted vision, but play the long game with your organization. So always be preparing. Let preparations begin for next year and lessons that we can learn from Santa, all right? All right, some great things that I think really help us here uh, with some lessons. Just to kind of recap again, number one, get a face. 
Santa is the face. There's got to be a leader that's declared, right? So make sure that for every movement, there is a leader, there's someone with authority, there's someone that is the face of that project or team or whatever it is. Number two, find out the needs. Make sure that you listen and you really lean in, just like Santa finds out the needs of all the kids and all the teams. We've got to do the same. Number three, surround yourself with a great team. Get a great group of elves that you can work with that can uh, work and, and, and do what needs to be done. Number four, get the right reindeer. Invest in your inner circle, those that are going to help carry the mission out to the world, so to speak, and take you to the whole next level. So make sure you develop your inner circle. Five, have a great workshop. Make sure that you have a great environment, a greenhouse for your thoughts and your working for your team and yourself and all those kind of things. Make sure that you invest in the environment and the tools and the resources needed so that your workshop is something that can produce highly quality, uh, highly effective and quality things, okay? Number six, make a list and check it twice, right? Be organized. Make sure that you're always looking at the list, checking it twice, that you're spending time uh, organizing so that you can be more effective on the back end. Number seven, time everything. Make sure that you uh, always look at deadlines and the clock and you're always looking at timing and timing everything correctly, all right? Timing is everything. And number eight, always be preparing. So always be looking down the road for what's next, what's coming. Remember, when opportunity comes, it's too late to prepare. You've got to be ready for it. So make sure that you're spending time. So hopefully that was kind of fun for you, but also gave you some nuggets, some insight there. That's eight leadership lessons that we can learn from Santa today. I hope it was helpful to you guys. Listen, I appreciate you guys listening and tuning in. Uh, Merry Christmas for those of you that celebrate Christmas. And, um, you know, I know we're going to have a great season here uh, and that looking forward to a whole new year of some great things that we're going to be doing here on the Leadership Podcast. So make sure you leave a review if this has been helpful. And um, listen, I hope you have a great season, a great end to the year so that we can begin even this next year strong, ready to go. It's so great having you listen in each and every month. I'll see you next time here on the John Barrett Leadership Podcast. Make sure you level up so you don't level out in your influence and your impact. Thanks for listening to the John Barrett Leadership Podcast. To get more of John's resources, visit www.johnbarrettleadership.com.